I think it's always a fun exercise to look at things from a decade, two decades, three decades ago, and just kind of see how styles and trends have changed, right? Like, have you ever gone back and looked at your high school yearbook and thought, wow, that was the hairstyle then, wasn't it? You know, I mean, things were a little bit poofier then, sideburns were a little bit bigger then, and apparently that was okay, and that was what we were all kind of on board with. And the fact that things like neon and bell-bottoms were a thing, and everybody was okay with that. Heck, I remember the day and age when slap bracelets were a huge thing. My two-year-old nephew was here last week. Apparently, they're back. So you know, it's fun to kind of like see the way that trends go in and out. In fact, one of my favorite times when this really hit me, my brother and I were watching uh, one of Arnold Schwarzenegger's best movies, Kindergarten Cop, and at the beginning of that movie, there's a chase scene through a mall. And I think that movie was filmed in like 1991, 92. And I said, wow, you can tell this was filmed in the early 90s. And my brother said, why? Because the stores are open? I thought that was pretty good. Because, um, heck, even, even shopping trends change, right? I mean, now we've got Amazon and people don't go to the mall like they used to. I mean, it's just, it's funny how, like, we vote and things, you know, it's like they kind of go up and down and things are popular and then they're not. And, heck, I mean, you look at the world of politics, I mean, politicians, of course, we criticize them for this often when they flip-flop on an issue. But at the same time, I mean, it's like the next election is always right around the corner. And they're always concerned about polling numbers. And it's almost as though, okay, what's going on? I've got to, you know, lick my finger and stick it into the political winds and figure out which way they're blowing. Because if I'm going to stay in office, I've got to at least have... 51% of the people on board with me here. So, you know, it's almost as though the popularity, the trends are what sets the truth as opposed to the everlasting truth itself, right? I mean, that's sort of, I feel like in many ways, the situation in which we find ourselves. And yet, this particular solemnity reminds us of the fact that it's not trends, it's not popularity, it's not voting that ultimately sets the truth of reality, the foundation of what's going on. I mean, we don't celebrate Christ the president, the one that we've all come together and elected, right? We celebrate Christ the king. Because when you look at the gospel that the church chooses for the day, that we celebrate Christ the king of the universe, it's the passion narrative, right? It's from Luke's gospel when Jesus is dying on the cross. And if you were to look at this gospel as some sort of like, you know, a straw poll of Jesus's popularity, it's pretty abysmal. I mean, right from the beginning, that opening line, the rulers sneered at Jesus. I mean, what do they want? What's the poll? They want this chosen one who will save himself, who will be strong and do things his own way and knock things to the side. But that's not what Jesus came to do. He doesn't like basically become the Messiah according to what we want. It's according to what he is. The Catechism of the Catholic Church says this in paragraph 786. This is just part of that paragraph. Jesus exercises his kingship by drawing all men to himself through his death and resurrection. Christ king and lord of the universe made himself the servant of all for he came not to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many and the beautiful thing about that is at the foundation of our very faith and i would say the foundation of reality itself 
is the knowledge that the Son of God, as our King, came not to be served by all of us, but to serve, to save us, to lay down his life for us. And even if he's rejected by the wider world, even if, just like in the gospel today, people sneer and jeer and challenge and push him to the side and don't want to listen to what he has to say, ultimately what he wants is our salvation. And that aspect, that love of his is the foundation of reality, and it's that love upon which that his kingship is based. He continues to be in our midst, stays here for us, wants us to be like the good thief, us who come to him and say, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. The beautiful thing is, is that it's not based on trends. If all of a sudden Catholicism becomes less popular, which quite frankly, it is becoming less popular. I mean, it's sad to see, but I mean, statistically speaking, we're not doing great, right? But that doesn't really matter at the end of the day when you consider the reality of what we celebrate. God coming into our midst, wanting our salvation. And that is a firm reality. One that doesn't change because the polling numbers go up and down. Christ remains our king, stays with us, gives us himself in the Eucharist, regardless of what the fashions are around, he stays there. And that is what we celebrate today. That rock-solid foundation of his love that is present, in particular to us, in the sacraments, as he gives us himself in the Eucharist. He who came not to be served, but to serve. Today and in this last week of ordinary time, we celebrate that foundational reality that he is our king. Beginning next week, we'll join into the season of Advent in which we get ready for his coming, both at Christmas and at the end of time. Let's ask him for that grace to know that regardless of what the confusions out there might be, all of the swirling winds of crazy changing of trends and times and seasons, and all of this to know that we have the rock-solid reality of the love of our King and to be ready next week to start preparing our hearts more and more to enter into that love. Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever.